Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, gang. Hope you're all well on this Sunday evening. Roy here with you until 7 o'clock. And a busy show coming your way over the next 60 minutes. We're going to hear from Ireland under 17 boss Colin O'Brien ahead of the boys in green playing three European Championship qualifiers at Turner's Cross this week. Going to hear from Cork City's Cian Bargray about their season so far after the, uh, the draw with Bray on Friday night. Going to be talking to powerlifter Neil Savage. He became a triple world champion and a world record holder last week. Going to talk to the Middleton woman about her career to date so far we're also going to get reaction from St Catherine's win over Carberry today in the uh, Senior Camogie Championship we're going to hear from Stephen Kenny on the pressure he's under as Ireland boss we're going to wrap up all the day's top stories as well you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM Hope you're all well, folks, on this Sunday evening, and we're here until 7 o'clock, 0868 if you want to get in touch with us here on the show this evening. Um, the big game of the day in the Premier League, it is uh, Liverpool and Manchester City. Liverpool had gone a goal up uh, through Sadio Mane, a fantastic fantastic Liverpool goal but uh, Man City have just equalised there through Phil Foden so it's a goal apiece 72 minutes there on the clock at Anfield earlier on today what about this for a result for Brentford scoring with the uh, pretty much the last kick of the game to be West Ham Guy Swindles West Ham 1 Brentford 2 and Brentford have pinched this at the death in the last kick of the game Johan Visser hit the ball home after Fabianski had saved well after a Brentford free kick earlier Brentford had dominated the first First half, they deserved the lead that was given to them by Mbomo in the 21st minute. West Ham, though, in total control of the second. They missed chance after chance before Bowen equalised. But in the end, Brentford have the last word. West Ham won, Brentford two. And that's Brentford up to seventh. Leicester adding a two-goal lead slip away to Crystal Palace. Nigel Bidmead. Palace two, Leicester two. This was a high-tempo physical game in which the home side came back from 2-0 down to earn a point. On the half-hour, Palace gifted birthday boy Kelechi Iheanacho an opener. Seven minutes later, Jamie Vardy doubled the lead with a trademark clinical finish after good work by Harvey Barnes. In the second half, Palace poured forward. It was two substitutes who scored the goals. Michael Elise scored his first Premier League goal on 62 and nine minutes later Jeffrey Schlupp who had just come on headed home a loose ball terrific stuff Palace 2 Leicester 2 Elsewhere Tottenham beat Aston Villa Ian Beach Tottenham 2 Aston Villa 1 Tottenham's first league win since the end of August they didn't start well but they scored first Pierre-Emil Hoybier guiding a shot into the bottom corner in the second half Villa equalised through Ollie Watkins who stabbed home from a low cross but within minutes Spurs were back in front Lucas Moura tapping in from a Son Heung-min pass across the face of goal Tottenham 2 Aston Villa 1 Jurgen Klopp, or sorry, uh, Pep Guardiola is very angry about something here in the uh, game at Anfield. So he's just some remonstrating there, angrily taking off his jacket, throwing it down, and just being very, very annoyed. Watching here with no sound on as I do the show, obviously, but trying to find out what's happening there. So uh, yeah, massive, uh, <laughs> massive annoyance for Pep Guardiola about something. But we'll find that out in just a bit. 
uh, elsewhere today in Scotland and uh, Celtic a much needed win for Celtic today under pressure is Ange Postacoglu but they had a 2-1 win away to Aberdeen the Champions Rangers coming from a goal down to defeat Hibs by two goals 2-1 so they went top of the table today get it games the Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship Divisions and Colleges Final Shandun and Imokili going head to head that's just uh, getting underway in Porky Rin that'll be followed by the meeting of Duhallow and UCC in the Bon Secours Premier Senior Football Championship Divisions and Colleges Final Alton Porky Rin that's at 7.45 in the Ladies Football Senior County Championship Aerog have beaten Kinsale 3.13 it's a 6 points was how that finished when Camogie in the SE Systems Senior Championship St. Catharines defeating Carberry today 2.12 to 5 points that was how that finished in Rugby Leinster beat the Dragons 7-6 in their United Rugby Championship game at Rodney Parade this afternoon Leo Collins side only scoring in the first half what was a pretty scrappy performance from them Max Deegan going over the line in the 14th minute Ross Byrne kicking the conversion uh, at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship Danny Willock crowned champion today 4 under par rounds a day of 68 saw him finish on 18 under par 2 clear of Joachim Legregren and Tyrell Hatton Shane Lowry finishing best of the Irish he finished on 15 under par but what about this from uh, John Murphy absolutely fantastic stuff from the Kinsale man as uh, he finished on 12 under par 6 shots behind the leaders he finished in ninth place 1 under par round of 71 for him today congratulations indeed to John Murphy we had him on the show a couple of months ago talking about the uh, talking about his career um, and the Walker Cup so fantastic to see John Murphy do well um, as I said as I turn across to the screen next to me Liverpool have just gone ahead against Manchester City 2-1 now the Reds lead 76 minutes on the clock in that game and it is uh, Mo Salah with the goal for the Reds fantastic finish from the Egyptian there to, to put Liverpool back ahead 2-1 76 minutes on the clock in that game and uh, in racing 81 German outsider Tor- Torquator Tasso causing a big shock today by winning the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe the German well training Tarnawa was second favourite Hurricane Lane finished in third that's a fantastic finish from uh, Mo Salah there uh, to put Liverpool back ahead we'll get your report on that one as soon as we get it in uh, we are going to start the show talking about football though and uh, Colin O'Brien a big week ahead for the Republic of Ireland under 17 to play three European Championship qualifiers first up the boys in green facing Andorra on Thursday evening at 7 o'clock followed by the meeting of Macedonia and Ireland on Sunday October 10th finally against Poland on Wednesday week at 1 o'clock now there are four Cork City players in that under 20 squad as well defender Jake Heffernan and forwards Liam Murray Marco Manny and Franco Ume Colin went to the cross earlier in the week to chat to Colin about the games so we're here in Turner's Cross where the Irish under-17s are going to be playing later on this month and I'm joined by the manager, Colin O'Brien, a Cork City legend, a man who is familiar with this stadium. And Colin, you had the lads here um, against Mexico for two games um, only last month and I mean, you got a great crowd out here for the one on the Sunday evening, great support and uh, it's nice to be back in Turner's Cross for the games again, isn't it? It's great, yeah. And as you said, we you know we, we had a fantastic preparation event there about a month ago uh, playing against South American opposition. But as you rightly said there, you know the crowd in the first game I think people wouldn't realise the players the age group we work at the moment that was probably the biggest crowd they played in front of at this moment in their career and uh, we're hoping we can build on that and uh, we're hoping to get more people through the, through the gates for the games because it's competition now uh, under 17 European qualifiers as we always say to the players at international level you can play European qualifiers at 17s 19s, 21s and senior so it's a big stepping stone for them uh, it's a new experience and uh, we're just really hoping the core public will come out and support uh, what I feel is a very exciting squad 
There seems to be a huge appetite for live football. I think people have been starved of it during COVID over the last year. I mean, we saw with the crowd for the last game at the under-17s. We've seen with one or two of the Cork City games here recently, big crowds coming back in their numbers. I think people want to get out and see football. And I think people are delighted to have an international game uh, in Turners Cross as well. I think so, yeah. Uh, I think you're rightly so as well there. We we have been starved with live football. There's nothing like live football. Um, and I think for especially, you know, Cork at the moment, our first game is a Thursday evening. I know that's a training evening in the region as well for schoolboys, schoolgirl teams but maybe the coaches might look at bringing their team to the game as, a, as a maybe a learning opportunity for those young players Cork has a huge history of producing international senior players and, and there's no reason at the moment I see you know there's a 9, 10, 11, 12 year old boy or girl out there that's aspiring to be a footballer an international footballer come out and have a look at live football see what's required from your goalkeeper at this level your defenders your midfielders and forwards because we have some exciting players in this group and maybe they pick something up from seeing the live action that they can bring back to their team and club and practice themselves and, and that that's really important for the future of the game and they'll see some local lads playing as well from Cork City I think you have four Cork City players in the squad this time from the Cork City Academy and that will inspire guys and girls in Cork to, to get involved and to kind of push themselves on and maybe they can achieve to play at this level as well uh, you've got the likes of Carl Heverin and Marco Manny all the lads from Cork City in there so I mean that's that's something achievable for kids in Cork isn't it? Yes it is um, and, and it just shows you know like you know, Cork are doing great work with a lot of lot of National League clubs at the moment but you know Colin Franco would have played at Ring Mahan uh, before they came to Cork Marco Manny would have been at Carrigaline Liam Murray played at Skibbereen and, 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 and Corinthians and you can't forget that you know th- th- those clubs have done a lot of work and now the National League clubs are, are, are adding on to their development now at a certain age um, so you know come out these are local lads they're here in Merritt as I said I think we have some really exciting players in the group uh, we'll definitely be bringing an attack minded uh, mindset to, 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 to the games and um, with this tournament I think it's important to know as well people just to understand two, two teams go forward two teams get knocked out uh, so our aim and objective is to get out of the group and we want to get into the elite phase uh, but our focus now is very much on, on trying to get three points against Andorra um, we'll have different challenges then come North Macedonia and Poland um, but you know home support will, will definitely help the players because what was very interesting after our first game against Mexico speaking with some of the players individually after the game uh, was how much they kind of um, experienced the support uh, how much they connected with it like you two Cork lads Frank and, and Franco and Mark scored into the shed end you know what a milestone that is for them so young in their career and uh, as they say themselves they were just buzzing after it you know that's really what it was And um, but a big learning for them and uh, they, they want more of that and um, I'm, I'm really hopeful the Cork public will come out and um, support this young exciting team you got a couple of goals in your time in the shed end as well, Colin, yourself. So, I mean, for Franco and for Mark to score, as you say, at this age into the shed with a crowd there, it's a huge thing for them, isn't it? And I mean, it's the kind of thing that'll build character and give them a bit of confidence as well. Big time. And, and just again, as you said earlier, you know, like the, the, the supporters were in the shed. There was a great connection, great celebrations. It was fantastic to see. Uh, Franco scored a really brave header from some good play in our wide left area. Uh, really brave, you know, finished out his run in the, in, with the last couple of yards and, 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 and a really good finish. And uh, Marks pops up and gets the winner then he had a bit to do but really calm composed finished and uh, you know once they come into us on Sunday evening you know we'll we, we, we be reflecting back on things from the Mexico game but we'll be very much you know more of please and um, looking to try and get the, the three points in the opening game because that, that, that first game is massive um, and, and, and it's a big stepping stone for the players and, and it can set up our season 
Uh, you mentioned the two lads, uh, big prospects from a local aspect from Cork. Cahal Heffernan is another one. Uh, you had him captain in the squad recently as well. Uh, he's a great prospect. He's been on the bench for the Cork City senior team recently as well. Yeah, it's, it's great development. You know, he they, they, they've moved them up, and you you could, you know I think you can see that with some of the players in the squads and the, and the national league clubs are you know they're 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 definitely becoming more developmental in their mindset. You know, if a player is is producing the goods at under seventeen teams, they're putting them in the nineteens, and that's how you develop players. You have to challenge them. Um, and you know, being in our own senior team players training, uh, that that will help them as well. And 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 that that that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Develop the players in the country. If they're doing well in the in their own age groups, you have to look at the opportunity of, of pushing them up and challenging them, and to see how they actually uh, take to that as well. Yeah. And for Carl, look, it was a good experience from to, to captain the team. Um, and um, you know, we're just looking forward now to getting all the players in, and um, you know getting on the pitch with them on Monday morning and um, be really ready and prepared to play for Thursday night in front of uh, hopefully a, a really good home crowd. Looking at the squad you named, it's mostly home-based players, obviously a few exceptions with Kevin Zeffi at Inter Milan, you've lads there from Villarreal and Celtic and so on as well, but it's vast majority are Irish-based with Irish clubs, mostly League of Ireland clubs. I mean, that's a bit different than it might have been in the past when you'd have had guys going over to England at a younger age. And does, does that show that guys are staying in Ireland a bit longer, maybe, and there's more opportunity to develop with the academies at the League of Ireland clubs? Yeah, I think it's probably twofold at the moment. I, I think what, what you're looking at the moment with this age group as well is this is probably the first impact of the Brexit ruling. Because um, in years gone by, this, some of this age group would have been going to England. A lot of our squads at 17s, when you look at it in more depth and detail, were very Irish based. Yes, we did have players in the UK, but they were Irish boys. Um, where at the moment um, through this Brexit ruling players can't sign out till they're, 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 they're 18 in the UK um, therefore the onus now is on not just the National League but on the association as well and, and all that collaboration to try and really uh, develop our players here it's a massive age that, that 15 to we'll say 18 age group uh, regarding development to players and that's that stage of development and um you know the players we have at the moment they're home based 17 players uh, 8 different clubs and uh, yeah we, we've the 3 boys then from, from Celtic Villarreal and, and Inter Milan um, so look I'm, I'm really excited with them I think there's a great dynamic in the group uh, they get on well off the pitch um, they've been very good with us in the last preparation about how they want to learn and, uh, and, and, and we'll say everything regarding team meetings and how they conduct themselves around we'll say the hotel and training grounds very humble group uh, that's something we'd be very strong on uh, but they're young as well and, and it's it's important that they, they, they try and enjoy this as well um, but understand what's at stake it's a, it's a European competition they don't come around that often to, to play in Ireland uh, or to host it and um, you know to play in Turners Cross it's you know I'm here looking over at the pitch at the moment as we speak uh, you know it's looking really really well uh, and um, you know there'll be no excuses from that side of it to, to, to the to style of football we want to play Just looking at the, the opposition in the group then it's Andorra North Macedonia and Poland are the three, the three teams how do you rate them as opposition obviously there's those varying standards there very much so you see at, at this level um, you see certain countries it doesn't matter what you might think of them or where their senior teams might be ranked they could just have a very good U team or a certain age group so you always have to respect the game uh, you always have to respect the opponent um, but we'll very much focus in on ourselves that'll be for sure uh, there'll be three different challenges uh, and results and different variables will come out as the tournament gets going and that'll be a huge change for the players as well because they'll have the three games in the seven days everything will come for them uh, the squad dynamic will be massive some players mightn't start in the first game mightn't start in the second game could be called upon to play in the third game 
game. So it's very much a, a team orientated. Um, uh, we say dynamic we have to have. Um, yes, we, we, we embrace individuality within the group, but the team is the star and the players have to understand that. Um, North Macedonia will bring a different type of challenge. Uh, we'll get to see them play, um, we'll say the day of our game as well, and we'll see Poland play twice. In the background, we have a lot going on with the opposition and analysts um, regarding where these teams are at. Uh, we'll have our homework done on them, that's for sure, uh, but we'll be very much focused on how we want to play and uh, you know, really trying to you know, take an, an attacking approach to, to, to the games. Well, just finally, Colin, to reiterate, it is all about getting the crowd out here. It's all about getting the support of the people of Cork behind the lads. I mean, Turners Cross is a great stadium. They're an exciting team and it'd be great to have a good crowd here, wouldn't it? It would indeed because, you know, you, you might be seeing a future Irish international here. You might see two or three future Irish internationals here. That, that's that, that's the age group and, and the development stage they're at. You know, we've a proven record of that now. As I said, if you look at the senior team and the amount of players that have played at the under-17 level, um, so it's always my be, you know, said a young player, boy or girl, or young coaches here looking in and, and looking at the style and what's required. That that's really important, and 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 potentially seeing, um, you know, a senior international player. Alan, thanks a million. Pleasure. Yeah, really looking forward to going down to Washington under-17s this week at Turner's Cross, the first game of which coming up on Thursday evening as Colin O'Brien's side face and door very, very busted of luck to Colin and the boys in green. It's been some game at Anfield and still not over yet, but it's now 2-2. It's Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. It's been some second half this from these two sides and City back on level terms courtesy of Kevin De Bruyne. He picked up Phil Foden's pass on the outside of the area and got his shot away. It took a slight deflection off Joe Matip before flying into the roof of the net. It's Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. Yeah, very inter- entertaining game for what I've been uh, able to, to see so far off that second half. But yet to all, and there's about two minutes left to go until uh, full time, until uh, time had it on. Anyway, two minutes of normal time left to play it there at Anfield. We are going to continue to talk football and uh, Cork City drawing it all with Bray on Friday night. Uh, Colm's got a chance to speak to Kian Bargary uh, about that game, about City season. So Cork City back in action last night and they were up in Bray as the season winds to a close into the last few matches of the season now and it was a second scoreless draw on the bounce for City last night at Bray Wanderers up on the Carlisle grounds. Kean Bargery was playing with City last night. He joins me now on the line. Kean, how are you? Hello, not too bad. How are you? Good, my man. Um, so a scoreless draw again, Kean. Obviously not the result he wanted and it's, I suppose really you probably had given up hopes on the playoffs at this stage already but it mathematically makes it impossible now so it's another season in the first division for Cork City how do you rate the season if, if you look at it overall now? Uh, to be honest the start of the season we knew we weren't we knew it wasn't good enough but as the season went on we got better we got better and I think we've just gelled as a team overall and we've just gotten very good as the season went on Like so I think it's been I think it's been a good season to build on for next year. Certainly the second half of the season would give a bit of optimism and a bit of hope of getting promoted next season. And I know speaking to Colin Healy during the week, he said the target now for next season uh, might be putting pressure on himself and on the team and on the club, but the target for next season from him and I suppose from the club and from the supporters is to get promoted. And I think that with the way things are going in the latter half of the season, that the players kind of know that now as well and the players have settled into things a lot more, haven't they? Yeah, we have obviously... Our expectations are high, and we want to do as well as we can. And we we think like we know we should be up there. We should be up there. Um, it just obviously wasn't a good enough start to the season. But um, yeah, I, I think we should definitely push for promotion next year. But um, listen, we just work as hard as we can, 
keep getting better and better every week. Uh, looking at last night's game, then up at Bray Wanderers, um, they, they've, they've, they've had a good season, Bray. It looks like they'll make the playoffs now and possibly have a chance of getting promoted themselves if they were to do well in the playoffs against the likes of Galway and Treaty and so on. Um, they've had a good season. They're tough opponents. They've been tough opponents for Cork City uh, up in the earlier game in the Carlisle Grounds. And then Cork City, you were 2-0 up um, in the cross and left in two late goals and scoreless again last night. So they've proved one of your tougher opponents uh, and it was the same again last night, wasn't it? Yeah, Bray are always going to be a tough, a tough team to play, especially going up there. But I think, I think we done well. I know we should have, we should have probably won yesterday. We had the better chances of the game, but we worked hard. We had chances, obviously we didn't take them, but chances are coming our way. But listen, hopefully we'll get to look at a draw now the next time. But, um, but yeah, it's good so far. But keep going. It's just a case, really, of I was up at Treaty watching the game in Limerick last week as well, and it's just a case, a similar kind of thing, I suppose, certainly in the second half last week, and again, you're saying you should have won the game last night. You have a lot of the possession, creating the chances. It's just knocking them into the back in the letter, really, isn't it? And just getting that little bit of luck is what you need. Yeah, obviously, you always need a bit of luck at the end of the day, but um, yeah, we just we, we know ourselves we need to be better in the final third, um, so we just we keep working on that. It's quite a young squad, um, including yourself. A lot of young players there, Kean. Um, and one of them last night, David Harrington, made his uh, full league debut for Cork City, starting his first league match, I think. Um, and he got a clean sheet, which is a good start for him, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely delighted for him. Um, he's been <coughs> working hard all season, and he finally got his chance. And he, I think he took it last night. He was very good. His display, the ball, everything. Um, yeah, I'm just absolutely delighted for him. He's, he's worked so hard all season to get in there. And he's finally got his chance. Great stuff, and uh, I suppose just looking at the rest of the season now, it's just it's just playing out the games, and I suppose you want to just pick up some wins and finish off the season on a bit of a high, even though it's not playing. There's not anything to play for really, but it's just to kind of pick up some wins and and just do as well as you can, starting with the game against Wexford next week. Yeah, there, yeah, there might mean nothing to play for, but I think we're just we're still going to vouch there, and we're going to we're going to try and get the nine points out of nine, but um. Wexford will be tough next week. They're, I think they're three wins out of three in the last three league games, so they'll obviously be tough. They'll be confident coming into the game, but we're obviously going to go out and we're going to look to, to win the game, get all three points, and hopefully win our last three games of the season. Great stuff. All right, Keen, listen, thanks for joining us on the show, and uh, best of luck with the rest of the season, all right? Thanks very much, Robin. Yes, Kim Bargary there of Cork City talking uh, about their draw with Bray and their, their season so far. It's uh, nearly over at Anfield into the last 60 seconds of normal time. Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. Not sure if either side is going to create a chance, but uh, Man City have a corner here, so maybe they'll get something from that. Uh, we're going to talk Camogie and uh, St. Catharines beating Carberry today. Uh, 2-12 to 5 points was how it finished today uh, in that senior championship game. Jer McCarthy was there, our man Jer, and got a chance to speak to Anne Galvin of St. Catharines. Uh, Anne Galvin, firstly, congratulations to St. Catharines. Um, a comprehensive victory, first of all, against a weakened Carberry team, but you still had to go out and get the result. Yes, we did. Yeah, I suppose there's no easy game in senior championship in um, in Cork, but um, we're delighted with the win. The girls, um, they played well, and we're, we're delighted with that. Um, a difficult cross win, but you got off to a great start. That early goal certainly seemed to settle you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, goal, I think, is always good to, to lift a team, and we picked off points after that as well. So, yeah, things things went well for us today, but again, we, we did have to work hard for it. You did have to work hard. You would have probably liked a closer and a tighter game as anyone would when you're going into into the next round. But I think just a polished performance. It was all over the pitch, really. Both def- the defence played very, very well as well today. They did, yeah, they did. We had we had good performances everywhere. I suppose really from the goalie saving that penalty mm. all the way up along. I think everyone everyone did their bit. 
that was an important moment, wasn't it? Because it was early in the game for Carberry, and had they got that, they might have been a bit closer to you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yvonne is a very experienced goalkeeper, and really you'd have, you'd have good confidence in her, and um, yeah, she did well to save it. Now, you're on to the next round that's against Shandoon, and it's next weekend. I mean, you're obviously expecting a much tougher challenge. You've seen how good they've been going, especially just recently this past weekend. How difficult the game are you expecting? Oh, it'll be a very difficult game, and we've played them in a previous round before this, so I mean, we know exactly what, what we face. Um, they're, they're a very good team, and they're very well organised. Um, so yeah, it won't be. It won't be an easy one, definitely. I was going to ask about that. Can you take much from that first game, or will it be completely different? Is it a blank canvas, or are there things that you were able to pick out? I suppose you can, you can certainly take something from it. Um, but you know, again, it is start from scratch again, and uh, it won't be an easy one. You know, we'll be all out to beat them. Um, where are St. Catharines in terms of your progress? Are you where you wanted to be at this time of the year? Obviously, you've, you've done what you intended to do so far in the championship. But in terms of the players, a lot of young players as well, they're coming on as well today. Overall, where are St. Catharines in terms of becoming a real challenger for this title? I suppose we are where we want to be. Every game brings us on, especially the younger players. They definitely improve with every match. You know, in championship time, there's nothing like it really. So we're, we're certainly progressing and that's that's just what we wanted as well. And finally, looking forward to that clash. Another chance uh, against Shandoon. Uh, it'll be a big occasion for the club. It will, absolutely, and we're absolutely delighted to be there, so looking forward to that now. And thank Alvin there, Austin Catherine speaking to Ger today after their win over Carberry. It's finished to all in that uh, Liverpool and Man City game report, and that's coming just a bit. Going to hear now from Mark Carberry's Maggie Coppinger. Maggie Coppinger, uh, Carberry senior Camogie captain. Uh, a disappointing result, yes, but considering who was missing today, you should be pleased with that performance. Um, yeah, of course, like we were missing a few girls today with like matches, commitments with club, but we were able to field the team and that was great and everyone on the pitch were, played with their heart and I'm very proud of them all. Yeah, Catrons are a very, very good team. Down that middle, they have a lot of experience. They have Laura Hayes, yeah. they have Nola Neville, but you were coping well with them and had you even got that penalty, it might have been a very close, much closer game, especially in the first half. Yeah, um, a few things like that could have changed the game. Uh, we've always had good battles with St. Catharines throughout the years with Carberry. Um, but we kind of it just wasn't our day in the end um, yeah and a lot of young players out there as well today Maggie most we were trying to do the average of the ages but it looks like in around 23 24 is the average age of today's team and that's very good for the future yeah um, definitely a team for the future even at the start of the year we had a lot of girls in like leaving certain stuff so being able to like bring them up obviously like senior championship is a whole different ball game to what we'd be playing with our clubs but even like if we have a few years for building the experience of playing um, is just phenomenal for development of players yeah because you lost in the skiing you lost Nusa Stone to the senior ranks but it's the likes of your own club St. Cullums Clannacilty Kilmeen Kilbritton to league you know I'm having to name Molo Balascarty Barry Rowe and anyone else there is still a lot of very good Camogie players in West Cork yeah um, definitely there's loads of clubs that would still be there we did lose a few um, because they were doing so well um, and like it's definitely been building in West Cork and it's great for all especially the younger players being able to like come out and like even come here to stay to watch and be like oh my club is playing there I could be able to see that and definitely when I was younger being able to see that really helped me um, so it's great to be able to do that for the younger generations and that's a key thing you said there because younger players from rural areas might not get the chance to play at senior level but Carberry gives them an avenue to do that yeah I suppose because 
like West Cork's so spread out the clubs are smaller so it's hard to expect a young club like ourselves we're 13 aside to get the players um, we might never my club be able to play senior championship but even getting a few girls out is great and I always have a great time here um, the intensity of senior hurling as you, as you know is it's serious it's the top level but that's something that you and other younger players need to experience and as you said again you mightn't get that just at junior level or club level no um, definitely that's the first thing people usually say when they come out being like it's so fast because the game doesn't change it just gets way quicker and your like reactions need to be so much sharper um, and it's always tough but that's how you learn that's how you get better and it's always great um, it, hasn't, it hasn't gone Carberry's way this year obviously but the fact that you didn't compete last year is a step forward and you'll want to do the same again next year and include even more players yeah hopefully this will be like a building block especially because we, were, we weren't able to field last year um, having being able to field this year will hopefully bring on more girls and make people want to come back and in a few years we could be getting on a bit further in the championship you clearly love playing for Caribbean you clearly love captaining and I can tell that Maggie and I can, I can see even from the hits and the tackles that this is important to you you would hope that other girls that come along sooner or later would feel the same way yeah it was such an honour um, I got a phone call from Mary saying I was captain I was a bit shocked but I love playing for Carberry I always have a great time um, I wouldn't give it up for anything the big red bench on Cork and that's Maggie Coppinger there speaking to Ger after today's win or today's defeat I should say to St. Catharines in the SE Systems and Camogie Championship right still to come on the show we are going to talk uh, powerlifting but next we are going to talk uh, to two Muay Thai champions crowned at St. Finbar's last night Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench Right, full-time report from Liverpool and Manchester City to a very entertaining second half at Anfield, Shane Pennington. Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2 and these two heavyweights couldn't be separated after a terrific game of football here at Anfield showed just why these two have been champions in the last two years. Sadio Mane fired the host in front only for Phil Foden to equalise ten minutes later. Then Mo Salah scored a stunning individual goal to give Liverpool the advantage once more only to see Kevin De Bruyne's effort deflect off Joel Matip five minutes later to end City a share the spoils. It was a brilliant watch. It's finished Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. Yeah, it looked like a cracking second half there at Anfield. We are going to talk to powerlifter Nier Savage in just a bit. Before that, going to talk my town on a great day yesterday out at St. Finbar's Hurling and Football Club. For the first time, Warriors show in a very, very long time, all under a circus tent as well. I was the MC for the show. It's a little bit hoarse as a result today, as you can probably tell, but uh, it's hard not to get excited uh, when fights of that calibre are happening right in front of you. The main event saw some Warriors own Finn Keating claimed the first WBC Celtic Muay Thai title uh, beating a Bailey Graham of Scotland in what was a fantastic fantastic contest some savage body shots near the end of the fight securing the win uh, for Finn and what was an incredible performance from him and he got that green WBC belt wrapped around his waist right at the end of the show fantastic finish to what was a fantastic night and I caught up with Finn uh, just afterwards Finn WBC champion how does that sound buddy? sounds unreal I'm absolutely delighted to be back in the ring now it was a real uh, you know breath of fresh air being back in there and having the crowd scream, scream my name all night and I felt good in there felt very uh, sharp thought I could have taken him out a bit earlier but 
I stay composed and uh, took him out in the fifth. So mm, you were very patient, very composed, as you said. You were just biding your time. That's right, Chad. You know, there's been fights in the past where I've rushed in, and um, you know I've gassed earlier. And it happens to everyone really to get too excited if they see their opponents, uh, you know, going away. But I took my time. Uh, took the shots nice and easy and uh, put him away with a body shot in the fifth so yeah. delighted he was tough out though wasn't he he was a tough lad yeah you know the Scottish now he was probably used to the cold more than we were as well and uh, he's probably used to the cold more than we were now so um, it was a mad buzz fighting outdoors as well under a circus tent like <laughs> but uh, yeah delighted now and those leg kicks really slowed him down didn't they that's right yeah um, something I'm drilling in the gym every day you know we have the likes of you know Ryan Sheehan and Armagahi who also put on a good performance yeah. tonight Ryan O'Driscoll with some great lads out there um, who are in the gym every day pushing each other and uh, Martin Horgan as well big shout out to him obviously uh, the main man mm. so you know hard work paid off as you say like this is the first show in what over 18 months and the atmosphere was just amazing here today that's right I've had layoffs before in fighting um, over exams and injury and things like that but this was actually the longest over the whole lockdown so uh, I'd say we're all delighted to be back in there really you can see the real joy in lads faces coming out during there tonight how gorgeous is that belt by the way oh it's the nicest belt in Europe I'd say <laughs> got a lot of attention um, you know people um, shouting out the belt online and whatever um, and obviously the WBC is a well recognised organisation so I'm delighted to have this belt now and uh, I'll only really take it all in tomorrow morning I think <laughs> I might uh, chill out now tonight put the feet up you know Sounds but like I'm going to be back again in you know seven weeks time on Martin's show in Dublin so I'm not going to be resting at all I'm going to take a few days off not really that sore so I'll be back in the gym and I'm delighted to be back to, in the emotion of it now Do congratulations again Greg Thanks very much Ronnie Cheers Yeah Fink Healing there really really good performance from him last night it's in Finbar so it was a really good show first uh, show back that I'd been to since Covid it was brilliant great atmosphere great catching up with people I hadn't seen in ages it was a really really good night and uh, fantastic performance there from Simon Warriors on Finn Keating to, to round off the night uh, to claim the Celtic Muay Thai title brilliant brilliant performance from him and another of the title fights on the show saw Aaron McGehee uh, defeat Aaron Walker of England and what was another fantastic performance from the Siam Warriors man yeah, that was for the ISKA Four Nations title I spoke to Aaron afterwards you'd also hear from uh, Ryan Sheen of Siam Warriors too Aaron ISK champion how does that sound buddy? Class Four Nations champion train hard for it been through a lot the last couple of weeks probably didn't need the fight and I uh, done it anyway so I'm really proud of myself Talk to us about the fight it was a bit of a war in there wasn't it? Yeah he was a really good guy he was a soapbar so I, I, put, I tried to walk on my jab I wanted to land the jab and then just uh, get the rhythm going after the jab but um, he came, created a couple of problems he was throwing a couple of uh, he was stopping me with the teeth and stuff so I had to adjust and uh, I started cutting the angles I was throwing my right kick and the jab and then uh, in the fourth I caught him with a nice elbow and uh, the ref called it then probably just a case of being patient I'd imagine was it? yeah literally like especially too because in the first round I rocked him I thought I was going to put him out I caught him with a hook back elbow so I had to um, I had to pull myself back but I thought that's even good discipline in itself I knew he was hurt but I just hung tight and I just waited 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 and like even then when I cut him I didn't mean to like yeah. do you know what I mean I, I didn't know I was going to cut him so what's yeah. that feeling like when Martin's put the belt around your waist at the end of the fight you can't feel it there's no words for it like do you know what I mean it's really cool it's fun you know <laughs> Ryan how good was he tonight as always Aaron is 
he's a professional like you know he comes for the fight every time he trains hard and couldn't have wronged him he was he was switched on and he performed he performed tonight mm. you all did tonight what about Finn Keith what a performance that was animal that's the only words animal unbelievable by wouldn't he but see the thing is no like this is the big step for the lads no like Aaron Arnold's after winning the Four Nations title so this only opens more opportunities and more fights abroad and more fights internationally like you know same for Finn Celtic title WBC sets him on the mark as well like this is a big arrow for the lads 2022 now like you know up the fights the international fights and hopefully break into the rankings why were you fighting tonight? Um, I have a secret fight to announce soon, hopefully, Ooh. so uh, keep, <laughs> keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, great to talk to, uh, to Armageddon there and to, to Ryan as well. So congratulations to uh, everyone at Time Warriors last night. Really good night of fights. And uh, really good to have shows back as well. Great to be out, great to be meeting people, great to be watching fights live and in person. Really, really enjoyed it and congratulations to everyone involved last night. All right, we're going to talk uh, powerlifting now and uh, Nia Savage from Middleton. Uh, Picking up a world record last week at the IPF Powerlifting World Championships in Sweden uh, with a deadlift of 200 kilograms and uh, she won three uh, titles as well last week. So uh, incredible stuff. Triple world champion, world record holder. Not a bad weekend for Niamh in Sweden. So I got a chance to speak to Niamh uh, about her career, how she got started, about her world record last week and her advice for anyone who uh, thinks about getting into powerlifting. So this might chat I had uh, with Niamh earlier on this morning. Okay, I'm joined on the line now by powerlifter Niamh Savage. Niamh, how are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you, Rory. Thanks, Niamh, for coming on. Um, tell us, last Saturday, the 25th of September, a triple world champion and a world record all on the same day. Can you tell us about that? Yes, no problem. Um, so I suppose I've been training powerlifting for the last six years and my biggest goal of ever was to compete on the world stage and come first in the uh, squat I lifted um, 162 kgs and in the deadlift I lifted 200 kgs and I set a world record I came first overall and I also came third overall the categories in Masters 1 I was the first Irish girl in history to come home with a gold so absolutely over the moon a lot of hard work and dedication went into it, training four days a week, um, you know, a lot of commitment, diet, um, you know, training both mentally and physically as well. But to come home with three goals, it's just a dream come true. What's that feeling like, Niamh, when you, you've done a lift and it's it's a gold medal winning lift? What's that feeling like? Can you describe it? It's just amazing. It's just like you know all those hours and all that hard work you know it's it's worth everything you know all the sacrificing there was lots of you know um friends kind of catch up and family gatherings and stuff like that so you know everybody would be eating cakes or having their few drinks around me and i just yeah i'm just so focused and so committed to the sport that you know i was always saying always looking at the bigger picture you know, um, I'm either in it 100% or, you know, I'm only fooling myself. Niamh, can you tell us about your, your origins in the sport? You're a footballer for Ahada and then you took up powerlifting after that, I believe. Yeah, so I originally I started off when I, it was my sporting journey. I started off when I was three years of age. My parents were passing a field and they saw a lot of activity in there. 
and um, I actually ran in the tiny top three, um, <laughs> and I came first. Um, then I competed in the community games when I was seven. Um, I competed under eight. I ran internationally for Ireland on three different occasions, and I got a gold and a silver. I ran with Leval and Cork, on, and I was coached by John Sheehan. He would have also been Derbler O'Rourke's uh, coach in the past. Um, then I started playing football, I suppose, in, oh, I also got a national award for Cork County Monster Award. I was on the elite squad as well for long jump. Um, and I then started playing football when I was about 26, um, with a Hagra. And they were saying, why did you not start this like years ago? Because I suppose I had the speed, I would have always had you know, I was always explosive. So um, then I went to Australia and I did our body pump classes over there. And I used to be asking the instructor, you know, like I found them very light. And I always knew that in the back of my mind that I had strength. And I asked the instructor, could I like put on more weight? And she was like, no, no, <laughs> you, you're not allowed. So I came back from Australia after four and a half years and I started playing football and I with a hat and I got an injury and I went to a physical therapist in Middleton and I could hear all the noise in the background and I asked him I said what's that noise and he said oh I have like powerlifting and a bodybuilding gym I said oh I'd be really interested in powerlifting now I said not bodybuilding yeah. so he said come in try it out you'll either like it or you won't so I went in and had my first session there and was hooked straight away. There was a local competition meet coming up in Middleton. So my first competition ever, I lifted 137 and a half kgs. I was hooked. And then I competed in the Europeans in a different federation now to the IPA, IPF, which I'm in at the moment. And I came second in the Europeans. Then I went the world's in Telford and I came third in the deadlift and oh my god what a feeling that was and then I kind of took a break from powerlifting and I you know the federation that I had been in was breaking down so I said you know what now I'll join maybe a running club and start running so I did a bit of running and then I kind of was like, I really miss the gym. I really miss lifting weights. So I went back training in a local um, gym. And um, there was a competition coming up in Cork. And I said, you know what? I'll just program, do my own program. I'll just go for it. So I went and I ended up coming third, which I was delighted because I was only back training a small while. And from there on in, then I... Um, was invited to the Nationals where I placed third. So, like, it would have been open Nationals. So, I, like, I'm a master, so I would be competing with people way younger than me, yeah. you know. Um, so then I got invited then to the Europeans in Hungary uh, where I came second overall and third in the deadlift. Now, going there, I had a desperate chest infection. I was so sick and... 
people were saying, oh my God, like, Neil, are you able for this? And I said, no, I'm going. I said, you know, I might never get this chance again. And I suppose I'm the kind of person I'm sure grit, like I don't get in even if I'm not feeling well or, you know, an upset stomach, I, I will still train. I just, I never give up. I never give up. And I suppose that's why I've achieved so much in my life. I just, I just drive on, you know, and, um, then I, last year, then I got invited to the European Masters Championships, which was on in Albion, France. I came first in the deadlift, first in the squash, and I came first overall. Um, and then when I was coming back from France, I said, you know what, now COVID's here, all the gyms are closing, I'll buy my own equipment. Yeah. And that's what I did. Trained four days a week, um, just totally focused, committed, um, you know, my boyfriend then um, would train with me as well. And, you know, I, I suppose I'm very lucky. I have a great, you know, I have a fantastic family support and encouragement. My mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my niece, you know, just everything. And I, like my friends as well, they just encourage me so much because, you know, you put so much effort into this. It can be really tough, but if you're not in the right mindset, and I have a very strong mindset, yeah. like, you know, so, and I suppose I've worked on that as well myself, you know, when I go into the bar, like, I'm not going to say I can't lift it. I'll say, I will lift this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so it was an amazing experience to stand up there on the world stage. Like, it's the hardest competition in the world, like, because you have referees there. They are picking everything, like, you know, like, you have, there's rules and, rules and regulations and that, you know, you have to wait for all the commands, you know, in squash, you have to go below parallel. Um, if you go parallel, it's a red light. Same in bench then, you know, if you don't wait for the command, if you don't, um, if you press up, um, too fast and if you've missed commands it's a fail so it's fairly nerve-wracking but you know once you have the, your first squat out of the way you know the rest is history because you just you just drive on like and you know it's just yeah it's just brought me so much happiness and you know it really has you said, like, Neil, you were hooked straight away on, on powerlifting. What is it about powerlifting that keeps bringing you back? Is it the, the high of chasing a PB? Is it how good it makes you feel yeah. physically and all that? Yeah, just physically and mentally as well. It's just made me a really strong person. And I I suppose I, you know, I've progressed so much. Like, I mean, like, I've lifted 200 kgs, like, you know, and, you know, world records and, like, I increased my total, you know, by 42 and a half kgs, which is a considerable amount, you know, from my last competition. Um, now, next year, I have the Europeans in Lithuania and then the Worlds in Canada. So we'll be looking for big numbers there again and to progress as well. I mean, I have, you know, got several PBs in my gym, um, but it means nothing what matters the most is when you step on that platform and get, you know, your records or get your PBs, that's all that matters. I mean, going back to the squat, I had never lifted that in training, but I've got a fabulous, I have an online coach 
um, who I like uh, when I train Monday, I train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday or Friday. I record all my videos, you know, all my training videos and I send them to him. He analyzes them. Um, so I have hundreds. My phone is constantly being, <laughs> you know, full. And I'm, you know, but it's lovely to look back and look at the progress. And, you know, I'm at a stage now where I need to get more, you know, like proper equipment that is used in competition. Um, you know, so it's not um, a cheap sport at all. You know, um, it's, it's an expensive sport and self-funded as well. So like, you know, I don't, I don't get anything. You know, I had to buy my own Irish jersey, you know, all the, the, the equipment, like, so you have, like, your squat shoes, your deadlift shoes, you know, you pay, you have to pay for your Irish singlet. Um, now, taking back to when I did the running, everything was subsidised, which was fantastic, but because powerlifting is not a recognised sport, we don't get any funding. You know, so there's a lot of sacrificing as well in that. Is that, a, is that a source of frustration that powerlifting doesn't get any funding? Yeah, it's disappointing because you know what, we're still competing for Ireland. You know, we're still you're still competing for your country. You know, um, there's a lot of people that have stopped powerlifting because it's so expensive. You know, you're all your competitions then and. You know, you have to pay your registration every year. You know, it's it, it's not cheap. You know, um, and you need the proper equipment. Like my, you, like powerlifting belts. Like you can't just go into a standard shop and buy a normal kind of part. You need the proper stuff. Like you know, and then you have your physios and stuff like that. Like with any sport, you're going to get injuries. You are going to get niggles. I had a small shoulder injury coming up to the competition but I'm actually a physical therapist as, my, as well myself as well as working full time now I stopped it it was kind of I suppose I've always, always you know had an interest in that and I went back and I studied a few years ago so I'm actually a qualified physical therapist and but I don't practice in it at the moment because Rory for the simple reason I actually don't have time <laughs> You know, um, and there's a lot of organizing as well into your nutrition. Like, you know, like if you don't fuel your body, you will not have the energy to lift those weights. You know, food is key. Like food is 80%. It's just so important. And I would be very committed to my nutrition. I would eat very, very clean, you know. Yeah. Um, but I love it. And you know what? I've no regrets. I've traveled. I've been in so many different countries I met so many you know lovely lovely people that I'm still friends with to this day you know through the powerlifting you know um, I think everybody should get into it people always have this kind of mindset oh I'm going to get bulky I'm going yeah. to get big yeah you will get bulky if you eat all around you <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I yeah, mean yeah, yeah. do you know um, and a lot of people say to me oh you look like a powerlifter you know, because I think they're, they, they kind of think that I'm going to be, you know... Ernest Schwarzenegger, yeah. Yeah, you know. Now, I compete in the 69 category, um, but I only weighed in on the day of competition at 66.48, so I had a lot to spare there. Um, 
So you're, you know, keeping your, I suppose, your diet clean is just really, really important. You know, it's like putting dirty petrol into a car. It's not going to run properly, is it? You know? <laughs> it certainly isn't. Obviously, Neil, you, no. just, you just touched on it there. You'd encourage people to take it up. A lot of people can, I suppose, be intimidated about going into a gym. Um, because, oh, 100%. You know, yeah. and then, like, they get in there and they realise that everyone's really friendly and supportive and helpful and they go to themselves, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there, uh, um, during lockdown, I was um, helping a neighbour of mine. She... Um, she wanted to get into lifting and she absolutely loved it. Like Kathleen, Kathleen Cashman was her name and absolutely like really got into it and used to come out there just so happy and so, you know, wow, like, you know, I made so much progress in just a small, you know, a short time. Now my sister and my niece are actually going to start it next week and I'm super excited so it'll be like Coach Neil, <laughs> you know. But um, and when I started my powerlifting journey, my dad was like, uh, "You can't be lifting that. You'll hurt yourself." You know, be careful. He was all worried about me. But you know, I suppose if you have the right technique and the right coaches as well, they direct you along the way as well. Um, so yeah, I think everybody. I mean over at the world now there was a lady and she was 77 years of age powerlifting isn't that just amazing like it's just yeah it's just amazing like and you know there's just yeah there's yeah it's just amazing well Eva it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you today and thanks for coming on and telling us your story and your, your history in the sports and be sure and keep us posted ahead of your events coming up in the future Yes, and thank you, and it was lovely to speak to you, Rory. Yeah, really enjoyed uh, chatting. Seeing Nia Savage there, powerlifter, world record holder now, and a triple world champion after an incredible weekend in Sweden last week. So massive congratulations indeed uh, to Nia, and uh, looking forward to chatting to her uh, again uh, next year as she competes again in 2022. Just get you updated on the uh, Premier Senior Hurling Championship Division Colleges section final at halftime in Wakili leading Shandung 218 to 8 points. Running massively out of time. Briefly going to here from uh, Stephen Kenny on uh, at a press conference he was asked ahead of International Week this week about the pressure he's under but also uh, a survey that was uh, showing that, that our fans were massively supportive 80% of Ireland fans wanted him in the job and he was asked about that in the press conference sort of backing you to continue as, as manager does that kind of you know that, that, that poll and you know I suppose the support from the public and you know whether or not there be a lot of bums and seats for the I suppose for the friendly against Qatar as well does that sort of mean anything to you when, when it comes to those talks I think what is it November time those talks will be taking place well you know I think it's not something I'm fixated on really I think um, it's great to have um, as I spoke about earlier great to have support from probably the Irish public and there's a lot of people very excited about the team and we, we all want to want results to improve I think um, the uh, I felt that going around the country and I've really felt that um, when I've been travelling anywhere and going on even when we go on runs with go on staff runs and things cars pulling over you know there's just that general feeling around the place that, that people are excited by the possibilities that, of the team doing well um, 
But no, I'm not fixated on anything. I'm just not just focused really on these matches against Azerbaijan and and Qatar and the next win, next two windows. And you know, it's not something really that's uh, you know that, that's my main focus. Just really on these games. Have those discussions with Jonathan taking place? Yeah. No, no, and no, no. Would they expect them to? You know? Yeah. No, no, not at all. And that's not my contract's not for next July. And regardless, it's not something I'm, I'm you know, uh, very focused on. I'm just focused on the job that I'm, the, the privilege, the job that I have as international manager, and just focused on doing the, to the, the job and making sure we, we you know, we perform well in this window. Azerbaijan and Qatar to come over the next week there or thereabouts so that's pretty much it from our show tonight thank you very much indeed for tuning our way podcast will be online shortly from this tonight's show or last night's show redfm.ie or from wherever you download your podcast from three hours of the very best of Irish music coming your way with the legend that is Mr Connor Halpin on Green on Red enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks I'll chat you next week The Big Red Bench Game on Saturday and Sunday from 6pm